You're listening to LeBeau's Lessons, a leadership podcast for new and aspiring leaders. LeBeau's Lessons is a virtual platform which seeks to provide leadership training and education for new and aspiring leaders. We do this by providing a consistent, free leadership podcast, weekly mentoring meetings with our staff, and online courses. Every Tuesday, we meet at 12 noon CST to promote self-awareness by providing stories and leadership coaching on this show to raise the emotional intelligence of our listeners. You can support us by following, liking, subscribing, and sharing. And now, on to the show. everyone welcome to LeBeau's life lessons as you can see I am not in the studio today I could not get to the studio and I am going to be doing this live from my room so awesome 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 we're talking about a great topic today today the topic is the second part of my series which is um, envy how to recognize it before it's too late. And today's topic is going to be on the 11 lessons of the envious mindset. So if you are joining us for the first time today, I am LeBeau Colbert. I'm a businesswoman, former therapist. And today we're on the second part of my five part series, specifically diving into envy. The first episode, which is available right now anywhere that you watch podcasts, is on the nine hidden signs of envy and how you can recognize it, okay? Because people are showing signs all the time, but they are disguising it as something else. And if you don't have familiarity with this type of emotion, you'll miss the signs and be very confused. And so the reason why this is so detrimental is because having an envious person close to you can take a lot from you. You can lose the things you have in your life. You can lose your positions. You lose friends. You might even lose your life. And I am not just talking about the envy that is inside other people directed towards us. I'm also talking about the envy that we direct towards other people. Now I'm going to go on today. I'm going to talk about the 11 lessons on the envious mindset. And so we're going to talk about the different viewpoints and things that that go on in their mind because many of the times when you're dealing with an envious person in your life whether it's male female friend or spouse or business associate you wonder what happened to this person why are they the way that they are why do they think like this who raised them so we're going to talk about what makes this person this way 
And then that way, when you understand those things, you'll also be able to recognize it in yourself. And if you do recognize these things, you definitely need to address it. Now, I want to say this. Envy is an emotion just like any other type of emotion, sadness, anger, happiness, etc. Some of us allow envy to pass, you know, especially if we're healthy. When we feel the sensation of envy come over us, we let it, we feel it, we let it pass. Some people have to say something, they have to express it. Some people have to do different things to, to show their envy. And we talked about how they do that in the last episode. I encourage you to watch that. But then there's the other people who take it to the next level. They can't just experience envy. They have to act on it. They have to fixate on you. And so we're going to be talking about that. Make sure that you share this. And this podcast episode, if you come in late, if you want to hear it again, is going to be available tonight on everywhere that you listen to podcasts. It's on everything. Just look up LeBeau's Life Lessons, or you can also go to my website, LeBeau'sLifeLessons.com, and see all of these episodes. Key number one out of the 11 on the envious mindset is we all have low-grade envy. This is why celebrity gossip is such a popular industry. We feel this every time someone who is a peer of ours suddenly sees success as we are compelled by society to compare ourselves to them. Again, all of us experience low-grade envy. So don't don't start talking. I'm looking at the comments. I don't want to pe- see people say Oh, I don't, I'm not like that. I'm not envious. I'm I'm never jealous. I have nothing to be jealous about. You feel envy just like everybody else every once in a while, okay? This is the reason why if you ever wonder why the gossip industry is so big. It always has been just over time. If you're into history, you can see that gossip is a big industry, always has been because we like to compare ourselves to people who are influential. I explained it to my kids this way, and I talk to my kids. Just I coach my kids just like I coach adults. And so now that they're older, they're starting. Their eyes are starting to be open. They're starting to be sensitive to envy. And I explain it like this. And some of y'all really listen right here, because some of you right now are confused. You're wondering if somebody is envious of you or if you're tripping. And I'm about to explain because you're confused and they're trying to disguise it as something else. This is how it goes. Very simple. Imagine you have a friend. They've been your friend since childhood. Always been good to you for the most part. Okay? Genuine friend. Actually loves and cares about you. Now let's say that both of you are currently looking for a job. You're both going after it. Right? Now, boom. You get the job. You tell your friend about it, they're not as happy as they usually would be about anything else. For some reason, you sense that something is off. You don't necessarily categorize it as envy at that point. You're just like, hmm, you notice. You notice because you know them. You notice that they're not that happy for you. 
okay? What's happening is most of us can be happy for people as long as that person is achieving things at the level that we achieve. If they're achieving things that we struggle to achieve, this is where the point of envy comes in. So look at this. Flip the scenario. It could be two women, okay? Or it could be the opposite sex. It could be the spouse. Same scenario. Job situation. One spouse gets the job, the other one doesn't. The other one hardly can find a job. This one gets jobs back to back. Or you have a good girlfriend. Good to you. Both of you are trying to get married. You get married. She doesn't. She's not as happy. You have the baby. She doesn't. She wants to get pregnant. Can't. That's the point of envy. So you see, when you notice those different things, now you've pinpointed the insecurity. So it could be on anything. It does not matter what you think of that person or their true capabilities. This person may be gorgeous. If you get the modeling gig and she doesn't, point of envy. This person can be brilliant. If you pass the test and they didn't, point of envy. This person can be talented, but you get the job and they don't, point of envy. Now, as I said, we all experience it at different levels, but here's the thing. Depending on the type of person you're dealing with is going to dictate what they do. They may have this feeling pass, right? And they, if they have really good, strong character, they can still muster it within themselves to say, you know what, that's great. I'm so happy. I'm waiting on mine, you know? But some people cannot do that. They might take a stab at you right then in that moment. Oh, that job, that job, oh, I would have waited on something else. Oh, he proposed to you? Girl, you know, I, I don't trust him. Do you see what I mean? They'll try to take a jab at you for achieving something that they didn't. Sometimes they don't do anything at all. And sometimes they'll let it pass just as long as it's limited to that situation. Now, let's say you have win after win after win after win. For some people, they can't take that. Their character cannot take someone close to them winning in an area that they struggle with. This is when the ideas start to creep in. The idea that, oh, she's just lucky. Oh, he got in because he, you know, his cousin helped him. Oh, he lied on his application. That's why he got it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. See, when, when you keep winning next to them in an area that they struggle to win, they start to a narrative in their mind that somehow you got it because of luck, because of nepotism, otherwise in a way that that's basically means you don't deserve it. You didn't deserve it. That's basically the narrative in their mind. And see, when you get to that point, that's when it becomes very dangerous. It becomes dangerous because once you convince yourself that someone is achieving things that you cannot achieve, 
and they they went about it in the wrong way they they cheated or they lied or they they're just not good or it was just luck when you think like that eventually you start going down a path of i have to lay level the playing field and expose who they really are it's kind of like if let's say for instance um I'm an, I'm an actress and a model. Let's say, for instance, I have a friend that is also an actress and model. And let's say that my friend is struggling and getting gigs, but I am doing exceedingly well. Now, it'll get to a point where if she, does, she leaves that envy unchecked and she internalizes that, it can get to a point where now she's trying to, she started a narrative of, oh, I bet she's sleeping with him. That's why he gave her the role. Oh, he only, they only give her that role because she's pretty. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, because she's light-skinned. Oh, because she's thin. Oh, because this or because that, not because of actual talent. So this is when people will now start to expose or take jabs at you when you're around other people. You ever been around a friend and then they start picking at you and teasing you and trying to take you down a peg or two in front of certain people? Have you ever experienced what that's like? When somebody that you think is your friend that you've only been good to starts to assassinate your character or make fun of you in front of other people or common people or strangers. It's because in that moment, they sense that these people are starting to pick up, they, they starting to like you. You're, you're, you're winning them over, the charm, you know, whatever it is about you that people like. Now you're starting, they're starting to see that you're getting attention. So now they're gonna start talking down to you or talking down about you. Oh yeah, she's yeah, she got this role, but you, oh girl, you should have saw her when she was so fat. Girl, let me pull up this picture and show you how fat she was. Have you seen her a year ago? She was so big. That is a person who has in their mind has had the narrative. It's not overnight. They've had the narrative going in their mind. Who does this wench think she is? What you're seeing is an ongoing negative conversation about you. By the time you actually see it, they hate you. Do you get that? By the time it gets to that point, they hate you. And this is not a passing emotion. This is a person you have to disconnect from. Okay? So, uh... I was explaining this to my kids and I was explaining to them about how how do you react to a person once you notice that they're envious of you, what do you do? Because you definitely have to do something. If I don't if you don't leave with anything today, but except understand, you have to address envy. And when I say address it, I don't mean confront them. Please don't do that. Do not expose them for being jealous. Don't do that. That's the opposite of what you should do, actually. But in the next few episodes, I'm actually going to show you how to handle a person who is envious of you so that you don't end up being pulled into their misery. There's a way that you have to handle this. Okay, number two.
of the 11 lessons on the envious mindset. Number two is envy is birthed out of grandiosity and delusional thoughts of superiority. A low-grade form of narcissism that makes you overestimate your abilities and underestimate your obstacles. Let me say that again. Envy is birthed out of grandiosity, grandiose the ideas about yourself, and delusions of superiority. I'm better than them. You've deluded yourself, okay? It is a low-grade, consistent form of narcissism, which we all have a little bit, that makes you overestimate your capabilities. You think you could do everything that you, you want to do just because you want to do it, and you think that you're good at it just because you want to do it. If you don't believe people do that, uh, what is that show, uh, American Idol? Just go look at American Idol, okay? It makes you, those grandiose thoughts of narcissism and delusions of superiority, it goes beyond just believing in yourself, okay? It is delusional at a certain point. And it makes you feel like you're up here and whatever obstacles are in your way, you assume that you are capable to just knock them out. Do you hear what I mean? Like you overestimate. Now some of you are thinking like, what is, an, uh, what is a uh, real life example of this? Um, okay, let's say that you think that you're the best actor in your town. You pack up all of your things. You quit your job. You move to LA. Because to you, your ability is here. And you think that whatever you face when you go to California, you will be able to attack it here. And you've thought it all out. And you, you know that you can handle anything. It doesn't matter. This is the reason why the homeless, um, the numbers of ho homelessness in L.A. are the level that they are. Because of delusions of grandeur. I want you to understand this. It's one thing to have confidence. It's another thing to have faith. But please know that there is a line between faith and delusion, between confidence and grandiosity. So a person who has this mindset is very susceptible and vulnerable to being envious all the time. And when, I, when I'm saying this like this is because Okay, you have the person who's envious in a certain instance, in a moment, and then you have a person that walks around envious of everybody. They're always having something smart and shady to say about each and every person. They're always talking trash behind everybody's back. They're always talking about, uh, somebody said the homeless in L.A. has a problem. It has something to do with weather, too. I, I will give you that. It, the weather is beautiful. Um... But there's people, have you ever noticed that there's these people who walk around always talking smack about everybody and they always think that they're up here? This is the type of person, the reason why they're doing it, that's not just their personality. I mean, it is in a way, but it, it is rooted in something. It is rooted in envy 
It is rooted in, I have to literally walk around everywhere um, talking down about people and to protect my ego. So this is where it's coming from. When you see that, know it, recognize it for what it is. Number three. A person who has an envious mindset, okay, not a person that just has envy come and go, but the envious mindsets and character, okay, they rest in it. This is the type of person that gets offended anytime somebody tries to help them. They don't like that. They get hostile, okay? Have you ever seen that before? A person that gets hostile when somebody tries to guide them or help them in any way. They feel offended. This is because they have a big, big ego. And a, a great book uh, called Ego is the Enemy, I highly recommend it. It's by Ryan Holiday. I recommend all of his books. But when it comes to envy, these people have such a large ego, they cannot, they take it as an attack if you try to tell them that maybe they should try something a different way or take a different point of view, it's an attack on them. They can take it two ways. They can respond with anger and hostility, or they can respond with feeling attacked, like, why are you always picking on me? Why, why are you always talking down to me? Why do you always have something to say about me? They're doing this because their ego is so exposed. It's like an exposed wound, okay? And anytime you try to say, hey, I noticed you were doing this this way, and maybe you should try to do this. They have, they have taken that, and they have translated that in their brain as, I noticed you was doing this, and this is stupid. You need to stop doing it that way. That is dumb. Look how stupid you look. This is the right way of doing it. Please try again and do it right next time. That's how they react to that. Do you get what I mean? They. This is why I'm one of my, one of the things I'm always reiterating. This is my phrase. Now, if you follow me, you know I'm the quote queen. Okay. A lot of the quotes that y'all think probably came from from somewhere else. They're mine. Listen with your ears and not with your fears. Okay, these people listen with their fears. So anytime somebody tells them something to help them, where is the point of envy? Intelligence. This is a person, this is a person who believes they're unintelligent deep down. Inside of that, that childhood trauma, that child inside has been told, you're stupid, you're dumb. Why do you do things like this? What's wrong with you? And because you're trying to help them, again, it's rehashing those same emotions of inferiority, intellectual inferiority. So anytime you're being, you'll notice, anytime you're being smart around them in a way that they don't feel intelligent, they're rolling their eyes, they're not listening, Okay, so anyway, they have a condescending look on their face. I'm reading a comment. They say, 
um, is been communicated in some way, not necessarily verbally, but nonverbal communication that is correct. So true. So the inferiority when it comes to their intelligence makes them resent you if you are an intelligent person and you speak intelligently. So the whole time you're talking about philosophy or biology or science or quantum physics or neuro neuroscience or whatever, they're just like, they're looking at their phone, looking at their watch, because inside they're upset that you are confident in your intelligence. Okay, has nothing to do with you, it's all about them. Number four, some people are prone to envy and jealousy, particularly lazy and undisciplined people who want attention from the public. Some people are prone to envy and jealousy. In particular, the lazy and undisciplined who want attention from the public. So let's go back to the gossip news, the celebrity gossip news. People who always have something to say about a celebrity that is getting a lot of attention, they are envious of them. They want to attack them because they are not disciplined enough to achieve that attention that they want. They've tried and they failed. They've tried and they failed. They've tried and they failed. So when they see a person that they believe they are superior to receiving attention, they have to manifest or express the envy in some way. Because what do they want? They want the same fame that that person has. Now you see the point of envy. What are, what are they hating on? This person gets a lot of attention, seemingly for nothing, or seemingly because they have some type of insignificant talent or they're, they're talentless or whatever. Now they fixate on that person and are, is always tearing them down. Anytime they see something about them. Why? Because they want the fame. And if this is you, you got to address that. Why do you want the fame? Let's just ask that. Why do you want the attention? What is that going to do for you? And what is it going to do for your life to have people focusing on you? Because something's telling me you really don't want people to focus on you because if they did, they would see the things you don't want them to see. You see, when those people in the public view get the fame, they also get the backlash. And even though you are envious of them getting the good part, the spotlight and all of that stuff, you really wouldn't want to trade places with them especially because you are not as perfect and superior as you like to portray and you know that. So why would you want to have that attention on you? It's going to be negative. So you need to reframe that because if you reframe that and stop looking at fame as the goal, 
you will stop feeling envious and triggered every time you see a celebrity in the news getting attention for whatever. You have to arrive at a point in your life where you don't want to trade places with anybody else. When you are so, let me tell you something, when you think like that, it's because you are not really centered on your purpose and you are not really focused on the purpose that God put you on the earth to do. I am so convinced of my purpose. I wouldn't want to trade places with anybody else. My life is not perfect. My life is not perfect. I go through things just like anybody else and I've gone through. I cannot be speaking to you about these things without having to go through them myself. I have been dragged. But I would not trade places with anybody else because I am convinced it's for a reason. And I turn everything that happens to me into glory for God. I don't want to be nobody else. You shouldn't be anybody else. There is nobody else on earth like you. Everybody else is taken. When you are gone, nobody will replace you in your influence. Stand on that and stop looking at people wanting what they have, especially if it's fame. Number five, they often resent their parents and or siblings due to being neglected or pitted against their siblings in childhood. So some of you are saying, and thank you so much for that. Uh, some of you are saying, what makes a person like this? Okay, so we know that all of us experience envy sometime. We know that we all, you know, we're not perfect and sometimes we get these feelings that don't really serve us that well, that's right. But then there are those who are prone to envy and jealousy. Why is that? Well, here's my theory, okay? My theory is these people were neglected in childhood. None of this stuff happens overnight, guys. It happens through trauma, consistent trauma. These people were neglected or ignored because see, neglect isn't just about physical stuff. This child may have been fed, clothed, put in the best schools, whatever. But when I'm talking about neglected, I mean here and here. Neglected or ignored or pushed off by their parents. That creates a deep hole within us that we try to fill in many different ways. But also... When parents pit their kids against each other, why aren't you just, why, your sister's doing this, why aren't you? You look at your brother, your brother is doing that. What, look at your brother, he's your little brother. Shouldn't you be passing him up? Why are you acting like that? When you pit children against each other, you cause this issue. And let me also tell you something, okay? Sometimes you parents are not pitting your kids against each other on purpose. But here's a sneaky way it happens. When you have that one child that has a different dad, 
that child, father's family, is good to that child in a way that the other children don't ever get to experience. Have you ever seen this in life? You have that one child from that other marriage or that other relationship. That child was taken away on summers, weekends, holidays, birthdays, and spoiled by the other family while the other kids stayed behind. They didn't get the extra presents. They didn't get the extra this, the extra that. Okay? Now, you have siblings pitted against each other. You have siblings saying, well, why does he get to go over there? Why does she get two Christmases? Why this? Why that? There's nothing they can do about it, you see? Or you have grandparents who pit the kids against each other because they have a favorite. And the, the parent has three grandkids, two of them by one of their children, the other one by the child that they don't really have a good relationship with, and this is the one that doesn't get treated the same as these two. Now you've pitted them against each other. You've pitted cousins against each other, siblings against each other. They grow up with a rivalry, trying to top one another. Don't even understand why they're jealous of one another and can't support one another. So when I say that from childhood, it starts in childhood, the competitive nature and the comparison it starts a habit of comparison. Even they'll be jealous of people in their adult life that remind them of the people they were jealous of in childhood. The pretty sister and the other sister. The pretty sister gets all the attention. They grow up. Every time they meet a pretty woman, oh, she probably this and that. Oh, she thinks she's too good. Let me treat her this and that. Because they saw the pretty sister grow up and get whatever she wants. So she's going to assume the pretty woman, the new girl at the job, never had it hard in life. So guess what she's about to do? She's about to give her the hard time she never thought she got. So that's where it, the fixation comes from. Number six out of the 11 lessons on the envious mindset. They have an insatiable desire for more. An insatiable desire, meaning it can't be stopped. There's nothing and no one that will ever be enough. What it means is multiple affairs. What it means is they got to keep chasing money. The house isn't big enough. The car isn't new enough. I got to keep getting more, 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 more. It's a hoarding. Okay? It's a gorging. It's an indulgence. Because inside, they have nothing is enough. They're filling up a bottomless pit of desire. Okay? 
They have an insatiable desire for more and often changing careers because nothing confirms their grandiosity. Nothing confirms the grandiosity. Hold on. Expecting people to give praise without earning it. Expecting people to give praise without earning it. Now, let me, let me break this down. Okay, so I talked about the insatiable desire for more. Now, when I say changing careers because nothing confirms the grandiosity. Now, when I'm saying that, I don't mean people who want to elevate their lives. And so they go from maybe working their nine to five. Now they have a business that completely has nothing to do with their background, but this is what their true passion is. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a person who changes career simply because they're not getting enough attention in their area, right? So for instance, if you go from working in the nine to five in the corporate world, you feel like you can't climb the ladder quick enough and you don't, you're not really going to get anywhere that way. So you become an entrepreneur and you build a business, but it's not going fast enough and nobody cares and nobody's looking at you. So you get into politics because, you know, maybe you'll get, a, get more attention there or you get into this or that. You become an influencer. You do all these things to get attention. Okay. Because deep down inside, you have to feel significant. Okay. People, okay, let's just do a, an experiment. Now, I know it's going to hurt. What I want you to do is I want you to write down every time you change your career. And then look at what was the reason why you left that career? What was the reason why you left? Why did you stop doing that? If you can't find a legitimate reason, like a real strong why, as to why you left that career, you may be hopping around because you need validation. You may be hopping around because you feel like, uh, these people don't really see my worth over here. Let me go over here. Uh, these people don't see my worth over here. Let me go over here and do this. Uh, these people still don't see my worth. I need to go over here. Because you need other people to see your worth so that you can see it. Do you see? And expecting people to give you praise without earning it. Now, let me tell you. <laughs> eh. I have been guilty of this in the past. When I was in my 20s, I was very naive. I went into every environment feeling like everybody should like me because I'm a good person with good intentions and everybody should just be able to pick that up because that's how I act, that's how I am. You know, this is me. But sometimes when you have this idea that you don't need to earn anybody's respect. It's almost arrogant. Do you get what I mean? It's when you walk into an environment and you feel like, I don't need to improve anything to these people. But think, think for a moment. Please think. Don't you want people to show you who they are and prove that they are trustworthy before you get too close to them? Now, you know who you are. You know if you're trustworthy. Let's say that you are. You know you're a trustworthy person. 
But these people don't know you. It's almost arrogant to assume that you are above having to show effort and show who you are consistently. Okay? See, it's about receipts. If you go, if, if let me, this guy today, perfect example. This guy today on TikTok said, I don't believe you are a therapist because he didn't agree with what I said. I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do about that? Is it my responsibility that this is your first time hearing this information? Well, I want to see the data. I want to do this. I said, I don't do anybody's homework. If you want to know what I know, go get certified three times and read mental health books for the next 10 years. If you don't believe I am who I say I am, just Google me. So what you will find is receipts. You'll find receipts. See, these people, when you go into an environment, they don't know you. When you go in there with your head up like, yeah, well, whatever, take it or leave it, they're going to leave it. You have to show what's on the inside, on the outside, okay? People who have a problem with envy, they don't feel like they need to do that. They just have a take it or leave it mindset. So when they see other people getting the accolades and attention and admiration that they want, they're like, who is this person? Why do they get all of this? They're not as good as me. But see, they are proving themselves over and over. They're coming with the receipts. They're coming with the proof. This is who I am. This is what I'm, I can do. I'm delivering, delivering, delivering. But if you feel like you don't have to deliver, then why are you mad that people don't see you as that which you think of yourself? You see? Okay, number seven. They make their failures someone else's fault. And they cannot come to terms with their lack of training and discipline. Okay, I'm, I'm smushing a lot together because I didn't want this to be long, but they make their failure someone else's fault. So anytime they didn't, fit, they didn't succeed in something, it's somebody else's fault. It's somebody, something, it's not their fault, it's not the, the fault that they didn't have discipline or they didn't keep at it. It's some external reason always now i'm not saying that we don't have external reasons why one thing or another happens sometimes it is personal sometimes it is because you're black sometimes it is because you're a woman sometimes it is because you come from this place sometimes it is that sometimes people do have favorites okay but most of the time what happens to us is under our control. Most of what happens in our life is under our control or due to what we accept. So they're making the, their failure, their mama's fault, their daddy's fault, everybody else's fault. And the reason why is they cannot come to terms with how they've messed up. So if they've messed up in life, if they couldn't keep on the diet, if they couldn't keep the job, 
if they couldn't uh, build the success in the business, if they couldn't keep delivering and at work and then they got fired, they can't come to terms with that, right? They may be able to say, oh, well, I know I didn't always come in on time, but so-and-so never came in on time. How come they didn't lose their job? You have to be able to accept your whole self, the good, bad, or the ugly. Let me tell you something. If you don't accept who you are completely, with all of your flaws, you will never love yourself. This is how envy continues to grow and to be a part of your character and people's experience of you. Because you didn't never love yourself, because you can never address what's wrong with you. Nothing's ever wrong with you, it's always somebody else, and that's the problem. Okay? Number eight, they veil their jealousy as something else. They veil their jealousy as something else. So when somebody is jealous of you, and they are now on an assassination campaign, character assassination campaign, one of the main things they're going to try to do is get everybody else to hate you. And the way that they do that is they try to find a legit reason that's acceptable in order to tear you down. And sometimes we make it easy for people, you know, um, just by the way we look or act. So when they're, <laughs> let me put it this way. If you are a celebrity that's known for being ghetto or ratchet or over-sexualized, if some woman who's not that is jealous of you, she can't say that she's jealous of you because she's perpetuating that she's superior to you. So instead, she'll say, well, I don't like her because she's ghetto and ratchet and over-sexualized. And that makes logical sense to people. Do you see what I mean? So they cannot find a rational reason for the envy. So they make one up that makes sense and easily observable by the public. So let's say, for instance, let's say, for instance, uh, let's say you meet a guy. Let's say you meet a guy and um, let's say that his friend, his female friend that's been there in his life before you is jealous of you. She's jealous of you, but she doesn't even know you, okay? The one thing she may know about you is, let's say that, let's say that way back when you used to you know, uh, you come from a bad upbringing and you used to be in a gang when you were a teenager or something. And so that is what she will cite as the reason why she doesn't like you. So she will take whatever it is she does know and then keep compiling that. Anything she learns about you, she's going to twist it. She's going to get close to you so she can learn more to twist it so that she goes to the other friends and make them hate you and feel isolated. So that's how that works. They don't have a real reason for not liking you and being afraid of you and being afraid of the attention that you will draw away from them. 
So now they have to find something that makes sense to explain to everybody else. Number nine, they actively try to align themselves with people that trigger their jealousy. And this is the most twisted part of all, okay? This is the most twisted part about people who are jealous, who are prone to jealousy. Okay, um, you know, most people, when they feel jealous of somebody or for whatever reason they don't like somebody, they stay away from them, right? But the people that are prone to jealousy actually befriend the people they are jealous of. And you might say, why? Why would you do that? If you don't like the person, if you really don't, you know, like how they're moving or whatever, why? Why do you do that? Here's a couple of reasons why. The first reason is because there's benefits to being around you. Do you know that they say that people who are prone to, in, uh, to envy typically become the assistants of the people they don't like? Okay? They will literally put themselves in a position of serving you. Okay? But that's another story. But they position themselves because there's a benefit to being in your circle. So whether it's money, fame, attention, they're eating your breadcrumbs. Okay? They're eating your scraps. You get to hang out in nice places, so do they. You get to meet cool people, so do they. They get to rub shoulders with everybody that you know that they want to get close to. You get what I mean? So there's a benefit to being close to you, especially if they want to get with your spouse or significant other. They will get close to you so that they get close to them. And the second reason why they get close to you is because it's easier to attack somebody more effectively if you're close to them. The closer you are to the target, is the, the more likely you're going to hit it where it hurts. It's not complicated. They're getting close to you to position themselves to get more ammunition to take your place. And ultimately, that's what it's about. It's about taking your place as the wife, as the husband. It's about taking your place as the pastor, about taking your place as the influencer, as the cool person, as the position that you're in. They're getting close to you so that they can Take away your attention, level the playing field so they feel equal to you or people see you equal to them so that they can transition in as they transition you out. Okay? This is not something that is new. It's not something that's, you know, it's, it's not something that's isolated to women. It's just a people thing. It's a natural occurrence in the human experience okay number nine no number ten we're almost done they're hostile towards people who make them feel inferior 
no matter how successful they are. They're hostile towards people who make them feel inferior no matter how successful they are. So what I mean is the person that is envious of you, that is up here and you're like so confused, why would you be envious of me if you're here and I'm here in life, okay? They're successful, but the point of envy is something that you achieve that they have not. It can be the most trivial, shallow, insignificant thing, but that is the point of envy. You gotta get away from them. So you can have a boss be envious of you, the employee. You can, uh, you can have the pastor be envious of you, the parishioner. You know, please don't assume that somebody's position in life means that they're incapable of being jealous of you. And please do not assume that gender is a factor at all. Men can be jealous of women. Women can be jealous of men. This is why so many of you are confused is because somebody is envious of you and it's of the opposite sex and you're thinking it's everything but envy. You, the jealousy is staring you in the face and you won't believe it because you think, well, only women are jealous of me because I'm a woman. No. Especially if you're bossed up as a woman. So many men will be jealous of you. And they're going to assume that you got it the wrong way. Okay? Number 11. As I close, they seek to entangle you in drama. They seek to entangle you in drama. So, they are looking to drag you in to the drama. And let me tell you something, people who ha are prone to envy are usually prone to lying as well. They go hand in hand many times. If they're a jealous type of person, usually they are liars because the lying helps them in their attempts at sabotaging and attempts of looking like something they're not. So you have the jealousy and the compulsive lying, okay, what does that cause? Drama. And they want to bring you into it. They want to involve you into it, okay? And so this is another reason why envy, envious people, and I, I just... I want to say this because I'm saying a lot of things and I don't want you cutting people off left and right because, you know, somebody didn't clap for you too loud on something that they're struggling with. Like, for instance, you had a baby. They're been, they've been trying to have a baby and you had your baby and they're, they're like, you know, they just liked your thing. They didn't say congratulations or anything like that. And you're like, oh, you're envious of me. Let me cut you off. 
no, I don't want you to do that. It's not about that, but it's about recognizing patterns, looking at people for who they are, not who they say they are, but who they show you they are. Looking at inferiority and seeing how they react to other people, because believe me, it's not just you. They're doing it to other people right under your nose. Are you paying attention? Are you looking at this envious person and saying, well, I know they're jealous and they, you know, can be petty with other people, but I know they're not going to do that to me because I'm their friend. Maybe you wouldn't be their friend if you actually knew what they were doing and saying behind your back. So they're looking to entangle you in drama. This is also a, a reason, also a way to take you down and make you unhappy, and that's also part of the goal. So next time when we talk, I'm going to go over the four types of envious people, the four types of envious people, the diminisher, the leech, the spoiled and the covert envious person. So join me next time. And um, remember, you can change if you want to. And uh, yeah, this is going to be available later, guys. See you next time. Bye-bye.